There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Steve. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And tonight we'll be discussing episode 5 of season 1 of Superstition. Okay, guys, I know you might be sick of hearing this already, but we need a little PSA about net neutrality. So it's really important to us and to everybody who's listening. And net neutrality is a big thing. The FCC is set to possibly vote to make it go away in the U.S., which means it's going to cost us a lot of money. If you do social media, videos, online gaming, you're listening to the podcast, if you listen to music, if you try to stream any shows, if you were one of the people who have cut the cord already and you're doing everything through like Roku, Apple TV, Fire Stick, Google Chrome, this can cost us money because a lot of these companies can charge you, and they do in other countries, charge you more money to actually have something that is not cable. And the reason that we're all trying to have something like this, like either cutting the cord or watching through your computer, or heck, just even going on Facebook, is to be connected. And net neutrality means that they can block what you see. They can block certain channels unless you pay more. And by channels, I mean everything on the internet, not just like shows. They could block sci-fi from you because they don't like the politics. Yeah, by service providers. So. So we ask that you all go to the website, go FCC yourself. I know that sounds funny. It's taking you to the FCC landing page where you can write in that you want to keep net neutrality here in the States because you don't want to have to pick and choose what you get to see and what you have to pay a ton of money to see. Right. So I'm sorry I keep harping on it. It's really important. Because if it actually goes away, it's possible that Steve and I will not be able to do this anymore. And it's possible you're not going to get a whole lot of things because it's going to hit us all in the pocketbook. Exactly. So I like doing this and I like hearing from you guys. So I want to keep having that happen. So let's do that. Go FCC yourself and let's keep net neutrality alive and well. All right, Steve. Now that our PSA is open. All right, episode five brought in a 0.09 in adults 18 to 49 with 0.347 million viewers, making it the 111th rated cable show for the day, which is up a little bit. Keep that up. And unfortunately, episode three did not make the top 25 in the live plus seven days. Well, that kind of sucks. Yeah, we've just not had any luck with uh, our three shows in the top 25 for the live plus seven days. Don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Don't know if people's not watching on delay. They're, I guess, fans that we have are the fans that watch it live. So get out there and tell your friends so they can start watching it on DVR. Right, because these are so good. 
Like, I wasn't sure what to expect with this show, and it's really good. And I love this one especially, because it's pulling, like, all this different stuff in, so it's great. So let's talk about episode five, shall we? All right, it's good. Tangled Web. The Hastings are visited by a local mystic, Aunt Nancy, who believes she is the answer to defeating the Drudge. Is she, though? <laughs> I just feel like when somebody says that, like, I'm the way, only way you're going to defeat fill in the blank, or the only way this is going to happen. Right. Mm, are you, though? Yeah, not so much. <laughs> or are you really working for the bad guy, or whatever? Right. Makes me wonder. Yes. So, Indeed it does. So we start with a flashback of Isaac catching the boys in the alchemy room, and the boys are talking about the ring, and Isaac tells his son that the Ring of Solomon is the family's legacy, and they need not touch it unless they're fully committed to using it, and also stay out of the alchemy room. Yeah. It's like, also, don't be in here. I'll teach you when you're older. Right. <laughs> Which may or may not have been a good idea. Right. That comes into play quite a bit in this episode. Of course, in the present, this was so awesome. <laughs> Cal's in our local restaurant, and May and Garvey just happened to show up. Oh, imagine that. Well, why don't we just sit down and have a family meal together? Yeah, I love that, too, because Garvey's like, you know, if I wasn't so hungry, I would leave. Yeah. But it's like there's, what, two restaurants, I think is what she says in the whole place. So, yeah, chances are really good you're going to be at one or the other if you're not cooking at home. Hmm. But Garvey was kind of pissed because they seem to be doing pretty cool until. Yeah. Like sharing memories and kind of like joking around. And Garvey seemed to be getting into it. Like, okay, I'm finding out some information. This isn't so bad. And then I don't even remember what was exactly said. When all of a sudden she was like, you know, hit the brakes and give yeah, everybody whiplash. Because then she was pissed. She said something and left. It's like, wow, wow. I know she's a teenager, but damn. Right. Like, I haven't seen somebody stop and do 180 like that and I don't think ever. Yeah, they were talking about the uh, carving the initials into the bar. Oh, that's right. And that's what set her off was, yeah, that. You weren't committed to each other, actually, even though you did that. And so that's what got Garvey all in a huff, was that Calvin wasn't didn't stay committed to her mother. But she doesn't even know what's the what with it, so... No, she doesn't. Ah, <sighs> yeah, yeah. We do have a funeral happening, though, back at the house, which seemed a little weird, because wasn't this the one with the racist guy? <laughs> <laughs> like, super racist guy? Right, I think think it was. Yeah, and they're trying to have this funeral, but nobody shows up. And it's like, okay, what's happening here? Oh, no, wait, somebody showed up. I'm, I lied. It was uh, his son, I believe. Right, yeah, this was an episode or two back, I believe. But yeah, that, we, oh. we haven't talked about that. So. <laughs> did, I, did we not? And I'm just bringing no, that up now. Did. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I thought that was this episode. So. We could skip that one, because that was really weird. And, well, let's just say the racist guy's kid, like, because the, the guy was cremated, and the guy just pees in the urn and leaves. It's like, okay. Right. But this one, I'm sorry, because the funerals are kind of getting, like, all mushed together. Right. But there's, like... Yeah, the thing to take away from this is that B notices 
spiders crawling out of the deceased castle. Yeah, that's weird. Morning, Will Robinson. Right. And then, oh, who comes to the door? Oh, it's Aunt Nancy. Which, I love this, because Calvin comes home, and he's like, okay, I don't know who you are. They're sitting there talking and eating, and Bee's looking a little weary. Like, right. Like, mm, I don't know what's happening. And Calvin is just like, oh, this is great, eating pie and talking. Like, all right, what's going on? So, you know, Dad, you do this. And Aunt Nancy gives us warnings about the dredge, and bad stuff's coming, and I can see this, and somebody's going to die. And in comes Tilly, and Tilly is pissed. Yeah, she goes off. Because this is when we find out, oh, nice play on words, Aunt Nancy. Don't you mean Anasi? Which I was, like, squealing when this happened, because I'm like, oh my god, it's like American Gods. We've talked about that. American Gods, wait, is she going to turn into Orlando Jones? (laughs) But she is another really good actress who I've seen, like, a ton of times going yeah. way Jasmine God. Yes, thank you. I was like going back to several older shows. But I'm like, I know her face. So she's playing the trickster god and who can change the way she looks and she collects stories. And Tilly just doesn't trust her. And it's like, why are you so leery of her? Right. Yeah. It's like, okay, there must be a connection there. Cause you wouldn't, or, or she's heard stories of Aunt Nancy or whatever. There has to be something that she knows that we're not aware of for her to react that way. Yeah, but, I mean, obviously it gets weirder because yeah. Cal collapsed and Anasi's like, oh, well, he's going in his memories so he can figure out something. And she pulls out a bottle or, I mean, like a jar right. and there's a spider in there suddenly weaving the web. And it's like, this is how she's... Finding out what's happening. I'm like, what the hell is happening? Because Calvin is remembering Arlo, his younger brother. And it's when the night that he he died. It's like, what the hell? You're going to make him remember that night? What is happening? Now, obviously, something specific is happening that she needs him to see. Right. But that's pretty rough. Oh, yeah. And he starts kind of like having a seizure or something. So Tilly, like, zaps him. And that's when B is pretty much pissed then that she's like, you are, like, dragging up memories that are not good. What the hell? Yeah, she's not real happy, but she kind of feels like Aunt Nancy still needs to do this, even though she's not real happy about it. And, of course, Tilly is even more unhappy about it. And she basically tells everybody that, hey, this woman is... How many towns has she left in her wake, broken and destroyed, and everybody being collateral damage as long as she just collects her stories? Right, which, again, what does Tilly know? Yes. And it's like, all right, you know a lot more than you're telling, and why aren't you telling B and Calvin exactly what you know? Right, and what's going on? Because Calvin is, like, talking about a little bit of what he remembers, and Obviously, this is a day where everybody had a really rough go. Right. Yeah, the guy, Arlo died. Was We didn't see any of the battling, but it sure didn't look like it was going to go good for anybody. Right. But in the dream, or remembering, however you want to look at it, we're seeing Isaac had killed Arlo with a crossbow. Right. But it's like, okay, did he kill the kid? Which seems weird because 
Obviously, in the pilot, what we've seen was he was downstairs, and you hear Arlo scream upstairs. Right. So we don't know. And Calvin was heading up to check on his brother. Right. So the odds are that Isaac would be stepping out the front door with B to battle whatever was coming instead of ended up heading back up to the alchemy. Right. And, you know, Tilly has to tell everybody, listen, you can still die in these memories. So keep that in mind. Like, "Mm, I don't know if that's going to help. But we do get a little bit more information, just a tiny bit more, up in the alchemy room because Aunt Nancy decided to let herself in. Yeah. Another one of those that just happens to know how to get in and you go, this is nuts. Sometime this is going to bite them in the butt. Right. And it was really weird because it sounded like Tilly was almost an apprentice. That's what I got out of it. Because she's being called her favorite, and what was it? The artful Dodger had nothing on me. It's like, what does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but apparently things were not all on the up and up is what I was gathering. Right, and they split definitely on bad terms. I kind of want to fit, from what she said so far, she, yeah, she used to train under aunt nancy and after a while she finally began to see that yeah aunt nancy wasn't really on the up and up and was kind of in in it for her own profit shall we say Mm -hmm. and that's what caused her and tilly to kind of go their separate ways but she even kind of taunts tilly it's like oh they treat you like family your blood is in this case with theirs Right. But you're still keeping secrets. Why? Yes. And she's like, I will tell them everything when the time is right. So it's like, ugh, that always sounds really bad. But I think Tilly needs to come clean a lot sooner than she was planning. Right. And Aunt Nancy also defends her whole memory game simply because it's better this knowledge comes from her than the dredge. And you kind of go, okay. It depends on what they're actually dragging out. And, yeah, maybe it would be better to get whatever needs to be gotten made light of before they do a battle with the dredge who can pull that out of the hat and use it against you. Oh, kind of like when he did with Arlo. Right, exactly. So, I don't know. I don't know. I, it just seems like it's really dangerous what's happening, especially oh, because we're going into round two here. And this just seems worse. But we go back and we find out that it's B this time going to go back right. in the memories. And she finds out about May being pregnant and everything that's happened. And it's like, oh, well, it's her and Isaac talking and maybe he needs a different path or maybe we need to do this. And Obviously, there's some struggles with their family there because their one kid died. Right. And do they let the other one go in his own direction or do they kind of make him follow the family business? And yeah, there's a little bit of a conflict between Isaac and B about it. Right. And then we seem to go back. I feel like it went back a little further than to the actual death. Of Arlo, because then we find out that he had accidentally released an Infernal when he was in the alchemy room. And this Infernal, who was some weird, looked like 
a ventriloquist midget kind of yeah. puppet <laughs> thing. It was creepy. Yes, it was. It was going to release so many more, and it was going to be an epic level. It's like, wait, wait what the hell? Was right. it supposed to be the dredge somehow? Uh, it's possible. It sure sounds like the same threat that we've heard from the dredge. It was just so strange. it's very possible that it was him. Because then this Infernal knocks out Arlo, knocks out Calvin. B comes in. It's like, you're not messing with my kid. Knocks her out. And so what does this mean? What is going to happen? Because right. even Aunt, Aunt Nancy slips into a trance. And I thought that was weird because Calvin's like, Chili, what do we do? What do we do? And she takes the jar of spider and web and throws it into the the fire and it breaks and kind of burns. And then suddenly everybody wakes up. And then this is weird because this is when Aunt Nancy is like, oh, clever girl. Right. I'm like, how is nobody else catching this? <laughs> I feel like this might actually end up in the next episode where they're going to ask Tilly, like, um, so what did she mean? Right. But I guess we won't know until next week. Right. And then we get to go to round three. Really? Because two times just wasn't enough. Right. And this time both Cal and B are going together. And things are kind of going wonky and they were almost on a loop like they can't get out. And Tilly brings Arlo and Isaac's blood. She's like, it's the next best thing for all the memories since they're not here. Because right. you don't always remember everything correctly. Yeah, from every point of view. And this is when we see all sorts of shit happen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy because we find out that, again, the Infernal was going to release Hell on Earth. He possessed Arlo basically to make him, like, help him. Because Arlo was right. had put on the Ring of Solomon. Yes. And the Infernal couldn't touch it. But apparently he can go ahead and possess you because he wasn't trained enough yet. Right. And Arlo was still in there because he was telling Cal to kill him because otherwise the Infernal was going to make him do something horrible and it was going to devastate the town and the world. Right. And I feel like, I mean, Cal was fighting it. He didn't want to do it. And I almost feel like he did end up shooting him with the crossbow, but it was like almost by accident. Like, what did you think? Did you think he did it because they had that moment where you seen the Infernal's face and the Infernal was talking smack? Right. Yeah. I, You know, he didn't want to kill his brother. And I think he probably thought there might have been another way to, to stop the Infernal and get it out of his brother. But once it came back and smack talked him, it was like, OK, yeah, I, we got to do this and fire. Yeah, it was it was weird. Yes, very weird, but that was the thing, was apparently Isaac and B had done some uh, woo-woo on Calvin to make him think that it was Isaac who took Arlo out, when in reality it was actually him. Ah. So that was the truth that needed to come out so they would be stronger against the dredge. Well, and then there is kind of, an additional possible revelation. Oh, yeah. Which I'm still not convinced of this, but that Isaac's son, the bones of Isaac's son, may be a weapon that could kill him. Right. But we also know that Isaac has had many, many sons. Yes. So at the same time, all of those Hastings out in that graveyard 
could be used against him. Yeah. I was like, hmm. So the group wakes up and they're like, all right, Aunt Nancy, thanks. You need to go. Don't let the door yeah. hit you in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> but I still don't really know if this was anything good. Now, what I was worried about was when this was happening, Aunt Nancy was saying something along the lines of, like, the dredge said that he needs the ring. Right. And I thought that she was doing this to help him. Right. Yes, there was. I thought that, too. I And I tweeted it out during the episode was, she wants the ring. Until he's got to stop her. Right. And I was like, oh my god, what's going to happen? So yeah, I really don't know. I don't know if she was good or bad or what. Because then she's kind of watching later in the woods, which never makes me feel good either. Right. So. But of course, he, Isaac does tell her, all right, you did your job, now get the hell out of here as well. Yeah, well, we can only hope she's going to listen. Right. But. That means Isaac isn't far gone. Right. But Now, either he's on the way back, or I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, because that's what I was questioning. But we do have, be like, being very clear, you guys were embracing the family legacy. It was a hard choice, and I needed you to, to get away from this and make your own choice. Right. And you can blame us, but the things you do for your children. Right, which... It's going to be a little difficult for Calvin to completely grasp that concept because he hasn't been there to raise Garvey. If he had been there raising Garvey, it would have probably come out a lot sooner, I think. You think? Because, I mean, even last episode, you know, he, like, jumps into the mirror to save her mother. Right. You know, and he's like, well, if I die, whatever, but, you know, you need to have your mom. So it's kind of the same thing. It's just he's not lying to her. He's just doing something incredibly stupid. Right. No, I think if he had raised Garvey, he probably would have been able to understand being Isaac's motivation Hmm. for the choices they made in woo-wooing him to thinking that it was Isaac that killed his brother. Okay. Instead of because he was a teenager at the time, you know, that could absolutely crush a person that young right and we have other weird stuff happening oh yeah which is really like wait what had a big question mark on my face you had may and garvey trying to have some mother-daughter time basically garvey's grounded for acting a fool may has her come down to the station because she has work to do you know and they're talking and she's like it's like you don't have to to like your dad but you're going to learn to you're going to learn to at least talk to him. And, you know, and of course, Garvey is like, why do you call him my dad? He's just genetic donor. And I was like super pissed. Yeah. She's like, there's a lot of stuff that you don't know that you need to know because with that side of the family, it's important. There's like a lot of shit that I only kind of know about and you need help. And then Garvey gets all pissy and we see that there's something on her wrist. Right. And then like the lights start to go kind of crazy. Yeah. And she's like, I can ex- I can take care of this myself and, like, storms off. But it's like, uh, what just happened? Yeah. Is uh, little Miss Garvey getting into uh, more than what she should be getting into? And it sure looks that way, which is going to cause a lot of issues in the future, I'm afraid. See, what I was thinking was that the warning was not about the bones of his 
family, but somehow his, like, his blood would come back. Meaning, like, seeing this with Garvey, that maybe something weird is going to happen, and she can possibly cause it. Right. Uh, There's no doubt in my mind that, yes, if the dredge can turn any of the family, it's not going to end well for Isaac. Right. (sighs) And right now, after seeing Calvin kind of get the truth out there that he can at least now process and it won't just completely hitting like a ton of bricks when the dredge brings it up. Mm-hmm. Now the weakest link is Garvey. No. And again, like I said, we had Aunt Nancy watching in the kind of the shadows because Garvey ends up meeting Cal like by the lake or whatever and he's right. skipping stones and she hears them talking. And I'm just like, okay, this just seems like it may not be the best idea when you have, you know, a Nazi running around anywhere close. Right. Yeah, talking about, okay, I'll get to know you. We'll have breakfast. And it just seems like, okay, he's all for it, but then he has to go. And she seems a little frustrated. Like, and you have a Nancy watching. And yeah. Isaac pops up. It's like, okay, hey, thanks for everything. Get out. But right. she didn't seem too concerned with leaving, which makes me feel like Garvey is just like major bullseye on her back. Right. Absolutely. <sighs> I don't know. It was crazy. I totally want her to come back as Aunt Nancy. Oh, absolutely. She did a fantastic job of being very gray about her motivations and what she was doing this for. Mm-hmm. So it was a fa- it's a fantastic character. Yes. Because you don't know if it's good or bad or neither. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we'll know soon. All yes. right. What do you guys think? Shoot us emails. Let us know at sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com. You can always send us a tweet or a Facebook message or on YouTube and on the website. I'm like, what else? <laughs> <laughs> And, of course, you know, we're headed into the holiday season. So if you're going to shop online, like on Amazon or whatnot, go check out our link over at fangirlzone.com. It doesn't cost you any more money. It just helps us out a little bit. And our Redbubble store is on there. You can click the link. It'll take you so you can see our awesome, awesome logos, which I am so in love with our logos, made by the incredible artist, Des Taylor. I will eventually have some more from other artists, but... He has done all of them so far, and he is just amazing. I love Des. So thank you, Des. And uh, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes, which we did get some ratings recently. So thank you guys very much, whoever's listening and rating. We do appreciate it. Good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us. Tell your friends. We do hope you're enjoying the podcast. And don't forget to go off CC yourself. And for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I am Sean Fangirlass. And I'm Steve. I can handle this. Famous last words from every teenager throughout time. (laughs) And until next time.